Welcome to Bootleg Avocado, bringing you stories in the food startup world. So uh, this is our new first new episode. Um, we took a little hiatus. Whose fault is that? <laughs> <laughs> I think both of our faults. Um, but what we want to do is actually um, obviously introduce Anthony Nichols. How are you doing? All right. I'm good. Good. Good to be here. Um, and, you know, just a little bit about, um, you know, your consultancy and what you do. Well, um, I'm Chef Anthony Nichols, um, and my company is Speak Feast LLC. And you can uh, reach out to me on www.speakfeast.com or at Speak Feast on Instagram. Um, we're working on a couple of things. Uh, we're working currently with a couple of fast casuals Go Greek in Garden City, New York, Mulberry and Vine, which just opened a new location. In How Brooklyn. many locations do they? They're now on three. Wow. Okay. And uh, actually, this week, we're really excited. We're going to be shooting our first episode of Speak Feast, and we're going to be uh, visiting Win Noble in Win Noble Plateware in Brooklyn. Okay. And she is the plateware person for David Chang and 11 Madison Park. She's done a lot of work, and she's got she's a really special, really talented artist, and uh, we're going to go and explore her. Mm -hmm. and her process a little bit okay so nice it's good good stuff good things are happening good i mean summertime i was i was thinking things would slow down but it's, it's good that it's busy no it's good it's good it's good um okay so this episode uh we're going to talk about voice you know the the future of voice um you know what exactly that entails um you know like with every episode we talk about food startups um, the entrepreneurs behind them, and we also try to get them in touch with um, certain experts in that field. Um, so we're happy to have Bahubali Shete from Clove Chef. Um, Bahubali, how are you today? I'm good, Mario. Good. Thank, um, thank you for having me. Yeah. So the way we kind of do this is, you know, we'll jump into a few different things about your concept, uh, your product, um, but we start every episode with a empathy question, basically like an icebreaker. Okay. Um, to kind of really, you know, gauge your thoughts on certain things, but also opportunity for you to introduce your product that way. So today's question is, um, what makes an experience meaningful? Hmm. What makes an experience meaningful? Any experience that uh, actually doesn't ask for a behavioral change and just feels like you're part of it. I mean, it's part of what you do usually do. Mm -hmm. That to me is a great experience. Okay. So if we are able to bring that experience, then it's a meaningful experience. Okay. I think you get that. Right? I think that's probably one of the best empathy answers we've had. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Something that doesn't require behavioral change, something that doesn't require behavioral change and, and just being yourself and doing what you do naturally, your natural ability and your natural talent. That's, that's mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, that's a great answer. Um, so how does this kind of relate to your product in Club Chef? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think that's what we are trying to do all along, that we want to help people cook in their kitchen and by bringing in technology we want to make sure that they don't change the way they cook they cook the way they cook right okay. so that 
asking somebody to change the way they cook just because you are giving technology is something calling for trouble in the sense it nobody will go for it mm-hmm. so at closure we are trying to do is without bringing any change in the way they cook today we're trying to help them out okay so we are trying to look at what's the natural way of actually helping them out and trying to bring the leverage the technology to continue what they do without bringing a behavioral change and give an experience that really helps them so what so what is club chef you know like and this is your first time really kind of you know experiencing what it is and and all that stuff so what would be like your your pitch to anthony how can you get him excited about clothes chef and get him cooking even though he's a chef so <laughs> yeah sure i i think um, yeah so clothes chef is a voice guided solution it's called voice first solution that helps people cook it's like ways for cooking so it can you can pick a recipe you can walk through it step by step in a conversational manner and this runs on the voice assistants like amazon alexa and google home so all you do is you know pick a recipe and then it walks through it step by step it gives you instructions and it's highly conversational in the sense you can ask it to pause you can ask it to repeat a step you can ask it to skip a step you can ask it to you know you know go back all that you can do sure which is which is how typically recipes are told by some expert or someone who is helping in assisting in recipes to a person actually cooking so that's what, that's the experience we are trying to bring in yeah. and well i mean as a chef for me <clears throat> there are things that i do instinctually that i've been doing for like quite some time but if i'm doing something in terms of making a tart dough or uh, something that requires a specific amount of an ingredient I don't always uh feel inclined to go grab my cookbook or go grab my notes and you just want that quick reference point like you said ways is really good so maybe you remember the the vicinity of of a location but you don't know the exact location and sometimes you just need uh, a quick um a quick direction so uh for example if you're making a dough you need two uh all right i'm making a dough that is going to have 15 servings i need uh eight uh cups of of flour or a certain amount of butter and i don't always remember that so that might be that could be something that would be very helpful um for a chef because you do need some direction not all the time but you do need some direction yeah yeah that's a great point i mean the the way i you know envy says this our my vision is that uh if you look back 10 years or 15 years uh nobody would have imagined or even accepted the fact that you will be using a smartphone application to drive from point a to point b in your own city but today irrespective of the fact that you know the route very well back of your head you still follow the google maps because you want to know if there is a you know detouring required or am i going to reach late or how much time it is going to take or a shorter a shorter, shorter, shorter route yeah. or something yeah. like so that so yeah. so it's it it has become a way of actually driving today and that's how we want close up to be that it's a way of cooking it's not that you need help and hence you you know refer a cookbook for that but you just 
feel more comfortable if you are cooking with closure. That's the experience we want to bring in. And then just the, the voice, you know, going to a voice technology. Voice technology is, is new, you know, to a lot of people. Um, you know, we, I guess, what's what's an advantage of voice, you know, just in, in just that part of the technology itself? And like, where do you kind of see it going? It's, it's a great point. Actually, I want to make one thing clear that we didn't go for voice technology because it's cool. We went in for voice technology after we did quite a bit of survey with the consumers and understood that voice is the only thing which actually helps them solve the problem naturally in the kitchen. Very simple reasons that when you're cooking, your hands are wet, dirty, meat hands, right? So you don't want to touch or swipe a phone. But today, if they are referring a recipe, they need to you know wash their hands, dry it up, and then touch and swipe, go to the point they want, and then refer that, come back and cook. And sometimes it doesn't work that way. It, 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 it kind of might be, it will burn your dish by the time you actually do all that and come back. So that is where we felt voice is great. You can just speak and ask for the directions and you know get what you want and get going in cooking. So th that is why we felt that voice is the most natural way of actually giving instructions or helping somebody in the kitchen. And that's how we ended up being a voice voice for solution, not today when everybody is talking about voice, but two years back, we decided that we should go that route. Okay. We started building on Amazon Alexa. Probably we are the one of the very early adopters of Amazon Alexa and Google Home who built our skills to for cooking purposes. Okay. Got it. I mean, there's a lot of apps out there. Um, all recipes, all those, they, they're all tap and swipe and everything else. So um, do you see, the at least on the voice end, being very competitive? Like, how do you see everything kind of evolving in just in that realm? Yeah. The way others are approaching this versus what we are approaching is quite different. Uh, most of them already have an established website or an app and a consumer base which is used to that. They are now telling those consumers that you can also use this on voice. Mm -hmm. So if you're an Alexa, you can use that. And what they are end up doing is they are actually converting a text into a speech and trying to make Alexa to read out step by step, right, right. which is a very you know uh, standard thing which everybody is trying to do. Mm -hmm. But what we are trying to do different is we are coming from an angle that we don't have anything in the back end. We just want to deliver a voice experience. Right. So everything what we are building, the content, the experience, the design of the whole solution is by design built for voice. Okay. And that's how you know we are approaching. So even though there will be a lot of people who will be seen like a competition, but on a long run, I think we will win because we are very robust in our design from the experience point of view. Okay. Um, all right. So let's take a quick little break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk your background. Um, you're a three-time entrepreneur or startup or four? Yeah. I love startups. Startups. Have you yes. involved it? Yeah. I mean, 
we'll talk about it okay. it's it's more than 3 but we'll talk about it <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll be right back thanks okay. Welcome back to Bootleg Avocado. So today's episode, we're talking about voice, um, how kind of voice is changing a lot of different industries, um, particularly in the food world. Um, so we have Bohubali Shete from Clove Chef here. Um, so we talked briefly about the product and everything else. Um, let's talk about you as far as what your background is. You're, you're fully te- you're, you're a tech guy, right? Right. Um, so, how did you start in in the industry? And you've been involved in a, a bunch of startups. So, walk us through that that whole experience. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I've been a tech guy. I mean, I've been building technologies and products based on technologies from last thirty years. And you know, in fact, I've started off as an automation engineer. Mm-hmm. I've done steel plant automations, robotics. Uh, CNC machines that's computer numerically controlled machines and yeah. stuff like that and then I've been I've done the flight simulator the physical flight simulators uh, uh, which was like one of them which we built was C17 cockpit a huge cockpit mounted on six axis and you know it was a great project uh-huh. so uh, flight simulators it's a flight simulator wow <laughs> and then um, uh, after that I have I mean as far as startups are concerned I did my first stint of entrepreneurship when I was 22 or 23 mm-hmm. uh that time I built about three companies um one was uh, doing a computers uh, dealership and maintenance mm-hmm. back in India and second was we used to buy the CNC machines from Germany and Japan and refurbish them and then sell it in Indian market uh-huh. that was my second business and third was we used to manufacture uh U- UPS and servo stabilizers okay so that was my three companies that time and then you know after that i went back to job and then i was in ireland as in us for in buffalo uh, for a few years and then i went back work with another big company in india called tata alexi mm-hmm. and then i started off my second stint of entrepreneurship in 2009 and the first company which i joined as a you know as a co-founder was a robotic valet parking solution uh-huh. so we used to do we are a technology partner for a company in the us called boomerang systems and we built the entire technology solution for them from india right and this is this is the uh, i think i remember this one so this it's like a automatic park right. parking garage right. ish right yes so yes. what do you do you drive up to the yeah you just drive up to the parking uh, bay uh-huh. or not not the parking bay the, the 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 front entrance of the parking lot yeah and there you just drop your car and then you know swipe your card or fingerprint and then walk, walk away mm-hmm. the car will be taken inside and it will be parked mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it a car actually goes and sits on a tray and the tray is picked up and parked inside mm-hmm. and once uh, you know you are coming back you can either send a message or sms or 
you know, uh, probably now they would have already developed an app as well. Mm -hmm. So using that, you can actually retrieve your car, start retrieving your car even before you come up to the parking lot so that the car is ready when you come there. So idea was you should not spend more than 60 seconds to get your car back. Wow. So that was how, big are, how big is the garage? Irrespective of what size it is, we uh -huh. had all that built in. Of course, I mean, if you, if you don't tell us ahead of time that yeah. you're coming back, then it'll take a bit. But if you have already scheduled that you're going to pick it up back around 5 p.m. or something like that, then it will be waiting somewhere nearer to the exit pay. Valet parkers beware. Yeah. <laughs> Your jobs are, are at stake. Yeah. Uh -huh. now, so <clears throat> this is all of these things are so interesting. And so I want to ask, what inspires your work? I mean, is it your uh, passion for technology or is it your passion for solving problems? Yeah, uh, I think passion for solving problems is the biggest thing. Uh, and uh, uh, so far, until that particular startup of robotic valet parking, it was mostly trying to solve bigger problems, industrial problems, problems for enterprises and stuff like that. But post that, my previous startup and this startup, it has been looking at a consumer's day-to-day -day life and trying to solve those problems. So we started my the second startup, which I started in 2011, uh, was an IoT-based platform startup. So we started off IoT, IoTs even before the IoT world was you know, coined. Or what's what's popular. IoT for people who don't know? Okay, IoT is Internet of Things. So uh, even before Internet of Things become a big thing, we were, we were already building it, and we were one of the first, uh, not one of the, we are the first hardware startup to be acquired in India uh, in the IoT space. So uh, in fact. The Indian government also, you know, awarded us as awarded me as IoT thought leader last year in 2017. Uh, so, yeah, that that startup got acquired in 2014, and then I stayed on till 2016. And in 2016, I started off this one, this closure. So, in closure, also, it in fact started off as a again another hardware product uh, startup where we used to build sensors for cooking. So you have a knob, we had a temperature probe and a weighing scale. So the knob will actually go on any cooktop. All you do is you turn the knob, it'll ask you, hey, what's cooking? And then you can say, I'm boiling eggs or boiling pasta or doing whatever it is. And then it knows inherently how long it takes typically to boil or cook that particular thing. It'll automatically set the timer and give you an alert when it is done. So that was the product which we built. So trying to take away the guesswork and helping the consumer to do a multitasking. Uh, so that was that was the idea. But then hardware is hard, right? So we 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 went through an acceleration program with Fordex, and during that program, based on the feedback we were getting, uh, we thought we had a bigger game if we moved to a software voice-based solution than playing with the hardware. So that's where we switched, we pivoted to a software-only solution. And from then onwards, you know, it's been a dream run for us. Right. But hardware itself, so there's a lot of investment. You need manufacturing. 
what are the other things with hardware that's it's always like a struggle so any tech startup mm-hmm. uh, beat hardware or software i think getting the first few thousand or even up to 100000 consumers to use their product is very easy uh, i wouldn't say easy but it's it's doable but beyond that scaling it takes a lot so especially in hardware unless you are a big brand like you know philips or motorola or somebody it's hard to make millions or you know tens of million people buy that mm-hmm. and the scalability becomes a huge challenge because that's where the scaling from 100000 beyond becomes a huge huge challenge and th- you can take the examples of um, you know one of the few hardware startups who have succeeded in the re- recent past like fitbit or the, the there was a company called pebble who used to ma- make watches they've also got acquired by fitbit and uh, nest got acquired by google mm-hmm. so end of the day all these startups hardware startups are either they are getting acquired by bigger brand right. and then they continue to continue the growth or otherwise they literally fall out the cliff i mean that's similar in the food world with uh cpg products sure and going to co-packers and then growing that product large enough that a company like campbell's would, or nestle or nestle would, would acquire correct right About the right. same process yeah. yeah okay um Cool. You got any? It's a lot, right? I mean, um, <laughs> it's very impressive, and I think <clears throat> I think your value uh, is that you are you're passionate about solving problems, but you also have the ability of technology um, and all these various uh, things that you're discussing, um, where a lot of people don't have that. And I think that's a very special ability. I mean, I'm a chef. I want to solve problems, but I don't necessarily have the technology or the know-how to do it from a techno- technological standpoint. And I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys would agree, but I think uh, for the most part, chefs are old-fashioned. Food is, the food industry is old-fashioned. And I know when we went to culinary school, it was about a copper pot and some butter and just using a stovetop. So I wanna, I'm curious to see how I mean, I think it's going to be great for the consumer, but I'm curious to see how the food industry responds uh, to technology. Um, And I think also that there has been some headway uh, with molecular gastronomy and sous vide machines and things like that. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of products out there. Sous vide, -vide, yeah. And sous vide for the consumer is is really gone. It's really exploded with all the different machines that are out now. Yeah. I think um, I think that I know three or four sous vide machines that you could buy right now. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. And they're doing really well, and a lot of people are responding to them. But I would love to see how this would impact the restaurant or fast casual industry as a whole as they start to embrace technology, mm-hmm. yeah. and those who don't will be left behind. I mean, a lot of the technology that's in the food world right now, it's it's really like at least in the restaurant scene, it's it's their POS system, is their inventory, and all those things that you know, and they're all kind of disjointed. You know, so there needs to be some type of innovation in that realm. Um, other than that, like what other technology really is? Well, I mean, could, could you imagine? <clears throat> I think one of the biggest parts with the food industry is training. And if someone could just speak to recipes, oh, you know, if there's a voice, if there's a, an Alexa there and somebody can just now 
reference that and say, can you remind me what's in that or what's the process to it? Then that would help them. You know, what do I need to grab for this amount of the recipe? Mm -hmm. Um, As opposed to going to a training manual or getting a supervisor to kind of guide you along. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's a, it's going to be a key component of the success of yeah. a lot of brands as they start to scale up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is a great point and, and I can talk at length on this because there's a huge learning for me uh, in the past few years in terms of, you know, what technology should and shouldn't do. So uh, especially, you know, as a, as a startup, you know, coming from technology background, we, have the tendency of actually showing off that we have this cool technology which can do things. It's like the hammer looking for a nail, right? So it's it's a it's not actually it, it's a solution looking for a problem. That's what people say, right? So the second thing which you know I also learned is that. I mean, I keep saying this, uh, cooking made us human. That's what differentiates humans from the rest of these species. We are the only species who cook. So cooking made us human. That's, it is, cooking is so much part of us that it's very hard to change our behavior in cooking. Yeah. Everything else is, is adopted over a period of time. You know, we have learned other skills, but cooking is something is something that's built into us and it's personal, personal, very personal, very, you know, and it's very hard to change, very hard to change cooking behavior. And this is second point. The third point, which I want to make is that in my previous startup, we built cool IOT technologies and stuff like that. I mean, we had, I I still remember, you you know, demonstrating to one of my, a big B2B client saying that we have an IoT technology, you know, instead of getting up and turning the switch on, you can do all that using your phone. It was simple to say that, but when it actually came to, uh, you know, looking at how the consumer looks at it, it was a big failure because it's easier for somebody to flip a switch on the wall then unlock his phone, open the app, and look for that specific bulb and then turn it on. It's a lot of work to do than just switching the flip, flipping a switch. So that taught me something that what is there today, if we cannot make it simpler than that, then the technology of no use. Right. You're, you're basically, there's more barriers to using the technology. Yeah. There's, there's so so technology shouldn't be the way to change or bring a convenience tech the the solution should actually leverage a technology to give a better experience and that's my learning from all these three things is what has come out in closure and that's why i'm very confident that we are going to make big waves in cooking industry cool all right, so let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, let's jump a little bit more, maybe do a demo of the product. Yeah, sure. Kind of go from there. So Sorry. we'll be right back.
Welcome back to Bootleg Avocado. Today, uh, we're talking food tech, uh, voice, um, and Clove Chef. So we have Bhubali Shete from Clove Chef here. Um, we kind of want to jump into the, the product a little bit more. Um, so where where is the product progress-wise right now? Um, and where what's kind of the plan for it? Yeah, uh, sure. So today we have our first version of MVP. Mm -hmm. uh, minimum viable product already completed and we have rolled that out as a beta test to many users and uh, we are testing that out today we will we have been refining the product continuously you know we are we're bringing in changes to make it better definitely based on the feedback we have been receiving mm -hmm. and we will be going live public sometime in august Okay. Okay. Um, that's, I mean, that's in a month. <laughs> yes. Um, so what's, I guess, what are things right now that are like keeping you up at night? Um, yeah, I, th I think the biggest challenge for any startup in the beginning is uh, acquiring consumers. Yeah. Letting, even though this is, we think this is a cool technology and that's the reaction we have heard from a lot of people who have actually used it. But letting people know that this is there, letting people know that this is possible, that has been the biggest challenge for us. And that's what is keeping me up all night. How do you feel that you're going to bridge the gap I mean, by using marketing? You mentioned before in an earlier segment that getting your first 10,000 users or consumers is a doable option. Um, what's the strategy? Or what's the, the textbook strategy for getting your first um, your first ten thousand customers? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Especially given that this is a voice first solution, we have seen bigger challenges here to acquire consumers than a traditional textbook approach of marketing. The reason is most of the marketing, which is which now I call it as a traditional marketing which is the digital marketing uh, era, uh, the Facebook ads and all those, they actually lead to somebody to either make a purchase on a website or make a download of an app to happen, right? And all that is a seamless journey on your mobile or your desktop. But today, when you're asking people to you know, see an advertisement of Chef and then switch to your eco device and then speak out there to get going is a disconnect means you're changing from your desktop or your desktop your, your mobile to a third device and that's where you are supposed to you know, activate our solution and get started with that and that is the biggest challenge for us um, that's the biggest challenge for two reasons. One is making people to do that is a one challenge and knowing that people have done it and our advertisement is actually yielding results is a bigger second challenge. There is a huge disconnect between what happens in our digital ads versus what, how the uh, skill is getting enabled by the consumers. There is no way we have we can bring a traceability between these two because one is voice-based, another is touch, and 
mobile based platform so we have i think we have cracked the problem now we are able to connect these two and bring the traceability but time will tell and, and right now the the skills that are out there on amazon they're not that great i mean people usually use their alexa just to listen to music right playing your music <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go alexa stop there you go. Yeah. Um, definitely. Most of the early adapters of Alexa have bought Alexa either um, you know, to try out what it is mm-hmm. or they have some, some smart home devices for that reason they have bought, bought it. Uh, and what is happening is most of them are, you know, they, they use it once in a week or twice in a week or three times in a week at the max, other than playing music, there are no real use cases of uh, Alexa, which can engage the consumer on a daily basis mm-hmm. and for a longer period. Yeah. And most of these skills are built in such a way that I can just ask for something, right? right? You know, Just like instead of Google search, I just ask it here. Right, right. That's the way you know it's happening right now. What's the weather? How's the traffic? Yeah. You know, set me an alarm. Those kind of simple things are what is built there. You're right. I mean, there aren't many big apps like Facebook or anything which bring in that stickiness for the consumers yet. Because it's not smart. It's also it's a one-way street. You you ask the questions. It doesn't really interact, or you don't have a conversation with it. Right. Yeah, most of the solutions built are for one 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 question query and stuff like that. But the technology will develop. I mean, eventually it will start to catch up. Oh no, technology is already there. Technology is already there, but bringing in that right user interaction is the challenge part. To have a conversation going and maintain the context and understand the context and continue right. to respond more meaningfully, that's the bigger challenge. Do you see... Uh, maybe even um, skipping Amazon Alexa and maybe just going through, uh, you see technology going through smart devices like smart stoves or smart refrigerators or smart appliances that already have internet capability or web capability and then just going through them. Because, I mean, could you imagine a stove? And I think Samsung has already started to work with some technology um, stoves that are internet, that have web capability and that are smart, um, where you have the stove, already a smart stove that has access to clove and they can just, you know, it's in your, it's in your kitchen while your Alexa is already playing music but your smart uh, stove is already accessing recipes and things like that. Yeah, I mean, if you fast forward probably three to five years, that will be the case. Today, uh, unfortunately, the smart kitchen appliances are so expensive for no reason right? Uh, that it has become a deterrent for people to switch to these appliances. And people don't change up stovetops, I mean, that easily. Right. It's usually a five year, ten year, fifteen yeah. years. I think Samsung does have a, a touch screen. Yeah. A touch 
uh, touchscreen stovetop. I think they do. Yeah. yeah. So most of the smart kitchen appliances which are being rolled out today are are more to promote the capabilities of the product than to help the consumers. And what I mean is, yeah, and you when you get a smart stove. The smart things it can do is, you know, setting a timer and giving you an alert and stuff like that. There isn't a smart kitchen appliance, which is kind of doing what we are talking about, you know, doing the, taking the consumer through the entire journey of meal planning all the way up to the dinner table. That is not there yet. And that is where devices like Alexa will play a bigger role because these are neutral devices and they can actually unify all these smart appliances in your kitchen and at the same time they can uh, take you through the entire journey. It's a different thing which is actually going to happen three years or five years down the line that every device you see will get integrated with something like Alexa. Then you still have a unified solution there but it's a virtual Alexa sitting there in your kitchen. Yeah, wow. Literally, you walk in, you talk to your kitchen, kitchen. and your kitchen helps you with everything. With everything. That's it. So That's it's it. shopping. Tells you what you're missing mm -hmm. out of your fridge. Yep. Yeah, it's, I mean, in fact, voice technology, what I see is is going to set us free. I mean, that's what, there is one of my very favorites because, you know, where a person has moved from uh, the books to computers to mobile, and now the next thing is he will go back to the, the circle seems to be ending now. He is going, going back to no devices carrying around. So literally, uh, you know, your body, the, the, the clothes you are wearing and stuff like that, or watch and those kind of things with the wearable technology will grow to a point where the wearable technology become your mobile, your, your you know, GPS tracker, everything for you. So you don't have to literally carry anything new. You just wear what you have and move on and technology comes with you. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> One day. Yeah. 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 Voice is breaking all the barriers which we had in technology and that's going to change the way we are going to see the world now. Right. Um, okay, so let's let's jump into a, a quick demo on yeah, sure. So let me I'll take this off and then um, so basically, we have we have a you know Amazon device. Um, so yeah, you know? yeah. So um, yeah, I can give a quick demo. Alexa, open close chef. Sorry, I don't know that one. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, Alexa, open close chef. Welcome to Clove Chef. I'm your cooking assistant. What would you like to cook today? Uh, chicken pad thai. I have nine different types of a chicken pad thai. Here are the options. Chicken pad thai or chicken piccata with capers over linguine or Maui chicken and pineapples over coconut rice. Which one do you want? You can select one by saying the first one or the second one or the third one. To hear more, Say next. The first one. Okay. Chicken pad thai provided by Global Belly. Shall we get started? 
Yeah, so that's how you can you know get started, and then uh, it'll start giving you ingredients um, one Chicken by one. Chicken pad thai provided by Global Belly. Shall we get started? You can say yes or no, or you can ask to stop the recipe. Yes. We're going to. Let's start by making sure we have all the ingredients. Do you want me to read them one by one? No. The first ingredients for chicken pad chai are half teaspoon Thai burnt chili powder, three tablespoons brown sugar, two tablespoons fish sauce. Okay, so the cool part is, so it helps you gather the ingredients first, right? So what's, yeah. what's kind of the process we're, we're, yeah. we're looking at? So basically, it'll first you know go through the ingredients one by one or in a batch, mm -hmm. depending on how you want to go, go through it. And then helps you to gather all the ingredients. And after that, it will take you through the preparations of ingredients. And then it will actually uh, start. Once you are ready, it will actually say, okay, let's get started. And then gives you recipe steps one by one. And during cooking, you can actually ask it to pause. You can ask it to wait. You can ask it to go back. You can ask it to repeat. Can do all that it's completely conversational it's uh, as you saw even uh, you know, picking a recipe was so conversational mm -hmm. it's a completely conversational and uh, and it is smart too it, yeah. and, and we do quite a bit of uh, uh, smart things beyond what amazon gives in the basic skill uh, in terms of searching the recipes or in terms of handling the user's uh, responses and that's another challenging thing in voice technology is that in in case of touch phones and the the, the smartphones, you're already predefining what buttons user is going to press and you know exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So either he is going to say go ahead or he is going to cancel. The, those are the only two options. Right. But in case of voice, he can actually say the same thing to go ahead in 10 different ways. Mm -hmm. And we should be able to handle all that. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. And that, that is where, you know, the, our, our technology comes in. We do a lot of natural language processing ourselves on top of what Amazon does to handle a lot of these things uh, so that the experience is still as humanly as possible. Mm -hmm. And we also do, you know, some smart things like sentiment analysis in the back end to understand what the user is saying, what is the tempo and are they being sarcastic in what they're saying or are they you know, enjoying it or how is it going and based on that we you know change the conversational style and you know make it more appealing to the consumers mm -hmm. and it, it i like how it um basically give you options for what you're searching for and all that stuff would it also do that for let's say i'm a gluten and gluten intolerant or lactose intolerant how do you kind of gauge preferences and the personal aspect of this? Yeah, so so initially, when the system is new, you know, it will not know anything about what you want. Mm -hmm. So it will it'll probably give you all the options possible. Okay. And the user can say that, you know, I want something gluten-free mm -hmm. or I want, you know, I'm allergic to so-and-so and give me something which doesn't include, say, coconut milk. Right. Then we can actually the system can actually search based on those ingredients and exclude them and give you only the recipes which are you know fit, fitting to your needs mm -hmm. that that's what we do 
but over a period of time what the system will also do which is uh, which is not released yet but it will come very soon is that it will ask you questions over a period of time or learn about your preferences over a period of time and then automatically adjust so once it knows that you are allergic to coconut it will next time you ask for a recipe it will make sure that you don't get a coconut recipe which includes coconut mm-hmm. it automatically filters them and then gives you the ones which are coconut free okay so that that's how you know the, that's how the system is built great is there a user prep is there a user sort of profile um developed or is it just <clears throat> a case by case um there is the, there are 40 different parameters which we have in mind which we will be requiring in order to understand the food preferences of the person the cooking preferences of the person who is cooking you know their cooking skills all those things matter and when we are running through them uh, the recipe so we collect all these and we build what is called a cook profile and a family food profile and that is very specific to the consumers so you would be able to put in that you were allergic to coconut as well you would be able to put in all of your family preferences when you open up that first profile with clove yes yes yeah and but i think the goal is to do it naturally over like a conversation right versus yeah, yeah. like put in yeah. your profile and you're you know absolutely you know? right absolutely i mean this is what you know i i keep telling to the team is that now how would you how would you do that when for example if you want if you met a new friend you wouldn't ask him to fill a form and to understand what he is you actually have natural conversations and over a period of time you learn about him and understand his preferences his likes and dislikes same way our solution should also understand about the consumer over a period of time by asking contextual questions rather than asking them to fill up a form and stuff like that we're cutting to the chase and just really asking specific questions that yeah will kind of identify that yeah right i mean j- just to give you an example say you, you, there are a lot of idle times during cooking say when the pasta is boiling for next 10 to 12 minutes you have nothing to do and that's the time we actually utilize to have more conversationals conversations and and ask him now how many times do you cook pasta does your family like pasta and of course we do ask him a question do you do you mind me asking you a few questions and if you say yes or i mean if you're busy you can say no and it'll you know wait for another opportunity but if you give an opportunity it will definitely ask you certain relevant questions and start learning about you. It's going to be like a nice uh, new best friend, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah, friend. That's yeah, well, I guess a friend that doesn't ask for anything. <laughs> <laughs> it helps you out. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, but that's wow. kind of the persona you're going for, right? Right, right. That that that's what we are trying to build as a a friendly um but knowledgeable uh, assistant standing next to you and then telling you what to do. how to cook and yeah i mean there's a lot of people that want to learn to cook there's people that cook a lot and there's people that just you know don't and i think i think a major part of people who don't cook a lot or want to cook is they don't know where to start how to organize themselves and i think 
uh, clove chef helps you stay organized, get your ingredients together, tells you what you want to, you know, tells you uh, what to do, what your next step is. And essentially anybody who doesn't have any idea about cooking can just put these things together. They're just mm -hmm. following instructions and then eventually learning the process of cooking. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think I didn't mention it explicitly, but we do start from meal planning and then helping you to buy the ingredients online and uh, the entire process of cooking. Yeah. We take you through all the three you know, journeys. So sort of developing a pantry. Right. Mm -hmm. So that people can, you know, um, be sort of ready and prepared. I mean, I guess there's identifiable ingredients um, for people that um, want to start cooking. So, you know, you need flour, you need salt, you need black pepper, you need uh, certain staples in your kitchen to pretty much start doing any basic recipe. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, all right. So let's take a quick little break here. Uh, we'll come back with uh, just some closing remarks and any other things that we are, you know, trying to uh, understand with Close Chef and everything else. So we'll be right back. Thanks. Welcome back to Bootleg Avocado. Uh, we are talking food tech. Uh, voice first platform for recipes is Clove Chef. So um, it seems like we talked a lot about on the consumer side of things and you know and everything else. So what's kind of the advantage on let's say I have a, a food product or um, what what's kind of the, the type of partnership this this kind of brings to the table? Yeah, sure. I mean uh, that, that I think that brings a. Uh, very important question uh, that how do we make money, mm -hmm. right? So because it's free uh, to consumers, it's right? free to consumers. Okay. So how do we make money? Is uh, the way we have designed this is that this is a voice marketing and voice commerce platform for our partners. Mm -hmm. So basically, any uh, food brand or kitchen related any brand, like it could be kitchen accessories, appliances, tools, uh, or the CPG brands or grocery stores and all of them, they can actually use this as a platform to promote their products. So since we have a lot of idle time between the cooking steps, we can use that time to actually give a voice-based advertisement to the consumer in a highly contextual manner. and this is this is something which is going to blow out, uh, I mean, grow so big uh, very soon because here you have uh, undivided attention from the consumer, unlike radio ads or TV ads, mm -hmm. right? People may be doing something else and the ads will be running, but in this case, they are actually having undivided attention from the consumer. Second, it is as economical and you know cost-wise as a digital ads like the Facebook ads and other things. It's as economical as that. Third, it's highly contextual. The Facebook ads or the Google ads and other things are actually appearing only when you are browsing for something, not when you are cooking. Right. So Whereas where this is actually giving you a, a related product ad 
when you are actually cooking say for example you are adding spices to your food uh, it can say that you know mccormick has this new spice blend which can go with this kind of cooking and do you want me to add this to your shopping list in one go i have given an advertisement and also given an option for the user to add it to the shopping list or shopping right. cart and all user has to say is yes and the, and the person's hungry, too, because they're cooking, right? Like, they're cooking to, yeah. to satisfy their stomach. Yeah, sure. And that, like, like the old adage, don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just start buying that's all a, these things. That's essentially, the, yeah, the, right. the, the, the yeah. benefit. Yeah. And, and it's, it's also interesting to know that there is a study conducted by Google in 2016, which says that 39% of the purchases are happening when people are in the kitchen. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's 2016. And now with voice assistant sitting in the kitchen and all this voice enabled platform enabling you to do the grocery shopping, this number must be way above 50. I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers, but it should be much more than 39. Is that because <clears throat> is that because most people congregate in their kitchens. Most people are in their kitchens. Yes. So, so, so big the, island in the kitchen. Everyone has their laptops out. There's cooking. There's eating. There's talking. Yeah. And that's really where everyone's buying stuff, I guess. Right. I mean that that that's the family place, right? That's where the you know, husband and wife and kids. Everybody is in one place. At the other than living room, right. where also they are actually busy with the TV or their own smartphones. Mm -hmm. Kitchen is the only place where they are talking to each other more. And that is where conversations happen and purchases also happen. And kitchen is the place where they are very impulsive about these purchases also. And and, and since most of these products which we are talking, the CPG products and stuff like that, they are under $20 or $30. It's an impulse buy. So people end up saying, okay, add it to my shopping list or cart. Very easy to sell. Yeah. That's great. So you're so you're partnering with um, uh, CPG brands, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, meal kit companies as well, right? Yes. Meal kit is our you know best partner for a couple of reasons. One is that you know meal kits have recipes and they have the right consumer who are you know who want to cook and they are they are the right consumers because they are also slightly tech savvy consumers. So that means they would have an voice assistant like. Amazon Alexa, there is a great bit of overlap there. And that's the right consumer persona for us also. Third thing is we can give a feedback, uh, analytical data back to the meal kit companies that when your consumer has actually cooked your meal, how long did it take? You've said it's a 20 minutes meal, but it would have taken 25 minutes or 35 minutes for those consumers. So what's the... Now, across 100 consumers who cook this meal, now how, what's the average time it has taken? What's the most difficult step they faced? Now, how many times they asked us to repeat a step or they took longer in that particular step? So those are the insights which we can actually give it. And all this happens anonymously. That's one thing we made sure that we don't give any consumers specific data to anyone. So it, we also do not store on our system. All we know is you are an Amazon Alexa user. That's all. And you have a specific ID, which is given by Amazon. That's all. So we don't store any of your personal details, but 
we know that this particular id guy has this kind of preferences and he can make these purchases and stuff like that mm-hmm. so this is how he typically cooks italian you know three times in a week or four times in a week and stuff like that those kind of you know insights which we can give it back to the meat consumers mm-hmm. and third thing which we do is very interesting is the feedback so how the meal went did they like the meal kit dish that we can collect right when the cooking happens it's a it's a one thing getting that kind of feedback from the consumer or your apps or you know just conducting a survey which is even more worse because two days after what you cooked you will not remember how it tasted whereas when you actually cook at that point of time if you ask you will get exactly the clearer cut feedback as how it tastes mm-hmm. and because we can do sentiment analysis we can dig deeper into what they said to get more details about what actually delighted them or what actually you know uh, was a pain point to them mm-hmm. so we can actually understand the throughout the spectrum where the consumer falls and do a sentiment analysis and based on that give a very clear feedback to the milk it partner saying that this is what consumers felt about your product so like instant feedback real time it's real time it's highly qualitative is it location based as well Meaning yeah so it, it can particular neighborhood or particular part of new york is purchasing or cooking mainly italian food which would also help any local partners that you might want to partner with and say hey listen you know uh, 50% or 60% of our users are buying pasta and they're you know this is what they they're buying or non gluten you know gluten free pasta you know that kind of thing so you can target uh target potential partners yes yes it's possible so we can give uh, very location specific data uh, time data everything that's possible that's fantastic yeah that's, that's crazy um so people could go to so right now the product is is live on Amazon Alexa yes it's live on Amazon Alexa mm-hmm. and that's another thing which we worked very hard to make sure that it's very simple to start using it so the way you start using it is you know you don't have to download anything you don't have to sign up anything you just say to your Amazon device echo device Alexa open close chef wow. that's all and that's it that's it Fantastic. You're all set. Yeah. And it's it's just uh for people to know it's Clove Chef with a K. K L O V E. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Clovechef.com. K L O V E Clove Chef. And why why the K? Why why the why Clove? It's okay, so it's it's again, you know, it's part of our branding exercise when we went through it, you know, we on that's the dream we had is to bring people on their dinner table together. and it's like the the family bonding the kitchen love is what brings them together so and clo- that clo- closure kitchen love yeah key love, love is kitchen love yeah that's great that's yeah, yeah. and then the i like the logo it's cool because it's it's actually four people at a table yes right yes and it's also a clove like also a, a clove. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 like a four leaf Clove, yeah it's yeah. a four leaf clove it looks like clove and then it also looks on as a top view of four people sitting on a round table. Uh-huh. Very cool. That's yeah. great. 
Um, all right, so we're going to close off, but um, before we you know, say our goodbyes, what do you want people at home or listening to this podcast to understand or, or, or know, or like what's, what's la- your last remarks, I guess, about Club Chef? Um, all, all I say is, you know, try this out. Mm-hmm. You, I, I'm very hopeful, very uh, confident that you will like it. But in any case, we are very open to your feedbacks and we will be continuously working on this to make this as the ways for cooking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they can go to clovechef.com, uh, clovechef with a K, K-L-O-V-E-C-H-E-F.com. Um, and then if they have an Amazon Alexa, um, they just say Alexa, open clovechef. And then Google Home is coming out. You guys are going to be doing some with Google Home as well? Yeah, it will take probably another month or two. September, we should be out with Google Home as well. Yeah, cool. Um, so great. thanks, Bukhubali, for being here. Uh, Anthony, what are your uh, final remarks? Um, it, this has been uh, spectacularly eye-opening. <laughs> You're quieter. You're usually not as quiet. but I mean, I think <laughs> I was very um, introspective and uh, listening, and I think um, this is going to be incredibly successful. Um, and I think that uh, uh, people who are f- afraid of technology or afraid of uh you know, just using new things or approaching things in a new way, mm-hmm. really need to start examining these things because uh, this just sounds spectacular. Um, and I think it's going to get people cooking. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's going to get people using better products as well, yeah. which is really the important part of this thing. Yeah. Uh, do you want to plug SpeakFeast for us? So speakfeast.com, um, at SpeakFeast um, on Instagram, or Chef Anthony Nichols. Um, we're restaurant consultants, research and development, and we're going to soon have our uh, episode Speak Feast, which is going to be on Instagram TV. Our first guest is going to be Win Noble in Win Noble Playware in Brooklyn. Nice. So we're excited about that. Cool. Um, and please visit uh, Leg Avocado. Um, we help to uh, grow a lot of food startups on the culinary and operations side. So bootlegavocado.com. Uh, next episode, uh, we're going to talk to the CEO of Foodie for All. They basically do a um, uh, help with your corporate um, dining needs, and they, they actually partner with a lot of companies like um, uh, like Shake Shack and everything else to like you know bring that type of food to to businesses. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, Thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, Like I said, uh, go to Bootleg Avocado um, for the next next episode, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, you, Anthony. Thank you. Great talking. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.